Today's sponsor is Audible, with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash decode. Today's show is also sponsored by Videoblocks, a stock media company with clips that everyone can afford. With Videoblocks subscription, you get unlimited downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. On average, subscribers pay less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. Everything is 100% royalty-free. Even if you cancel your subscription, you keep what you download and maintain usage rights forever. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash ask. And finally, today's show is made possible by Qualcomm. First they connected the phone to the internet, now they're connecting the internet to everything else. Qualcomm, they're the inventors bringing the future forward faster. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Editor of Technology at The Verge. And this is Too Embarrassed to Ask, a podcast that's all about making technology easier to understand and use. If you have questions about technology that you've been too embarrassed to ask, you have found the right podcast. No question is a bad question. A lot of you have been asking how to submit your questions, so here's the best way to do it. First, you can tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. That's two R's and two S's in embarrassed in case you cannot spell. Thanks, Kara. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> We've also caught up with the times. We have an email address now. That's two embarrassed at recode.net. We do. We have an email Again, address. Two R's, two S's. Address. I know, Kara, you don't have to check it, but I, I do. Okay. That's all right. But you can send us your questions that way, too, if you prefer mm-hmm. that than Twitter. And don't send other things you're too embarrassed about. No, please yeah, keep please those don't. to yourself or yourself. Snapchat. Really nice. All right. You can find all of our past episodes on iTunes at iTunes.com slash two embarrassed ask. And while you're there, leave us a review. Yes, five stars. stars. Let's see if we're giving Juicero five stars after this podcast. So before we started taping today, Kara and I actually had uh, Smart Juice. Smart Juice. Do you want to call it that? I don't know. Is it Smart? Do well, I feel smarter for drinking it? Well, we yeah. hopped up. Do you? Only you can determine that. Um, no, I, I did. I did. So it's really interesting. This is an area of interest because there's a lot of juice going on in San Francisco, and now it's sort of spread like a virus across the United States, avoiding the Midwest, of course. But there's juice places everywhere. There's juice places all over the place. There's all kinds of juice companies. A lot of them are in supermarkets. They got bought, and Walla, some others. And so it's a big trend, and now Silicon Valley's sort of jumping into it with a gadget having to do with juicing. There's a lot of juicers that are on the market, regular things that you buy, and uh, like the bullet and other things like that, and very expensive juice machines. But this is a sort of different take, Juicera. That's right. Juicera. And you may have heard of it because at the time that it launched, it got a fair amount of attention. And we're very happy to welcome Doug Evans, the founder of Juicero, to the Too Embarrassed to Ask show. Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love you guys. So when Juicero launched earlier this year, um, as I said earlier, it got quite a bit of attention. Some juicing devotees loved the idea. Other people asked, why might I want to spend $700 on a Wi-Fi connected juicer? And that's one of the topics that we're yep. going to get into A lot into of questions today. for Doug. You're ready to answer them? Because I literally just texted someone about it and they said the juice pack company. They don't know quite what's going on here. And it, it feels expensive and very Silicon Valley. And you know, people make good Juicera jokes, but it's actually pretty cool. I hadn't seen it myself. It is an expensive item, but it's a really interesting take on people that spend that much money every day at these juicing stores, and like $11 for one or whatever they happen to be. So we've got a lot of questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Before we get started with Juicero questions, maybe uh, you can tell us a little bit about your background because this is not your first juicing rodeo. No. You right. juiced before and not in the Olympic <laughs> Russian way. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So tell us about it. So I was born and raised in New York City. And after high school, I went into the Army. 
And so I was an artist, and I went into the Army. When I got out of the Army, I ended up getting into graphic design. Mm -hmm. And graphic design turned into desktop publishing and PostScript and all sorts of interesting things. And then I moved into multimedia. And then there was crisis in my family. My mom died of cancer. My father died of heart disease. My brother developed type 2 diabetes, atrial fibrillation, hypertension, and then had a stroke at 40. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was just terrified that I was next. And so I somewhat went cold cucumber Mm -hmm. and stopped eating processed food, refined food, meat, dairy, and animal products. And I started eating plants. Mm -hmm. And you can only eat, fruit's easy to eat, vegetables are difficult. So I discovered juicing as a means of getting vegetable juicing and getting more servings of vegetables into my diet. And then I realized like everything I was doing on the technology side was meaningless for me. And I wanted to devote my life. Why was it meaningless? What was? It was just about making money. Like mm-hmm. you'd get an account and you'd do a project and it was all like a quid quo pro. Right. Get a scope, deliver the project, you get some accolades, but it was all about completing a task. Mm-hmm. But you I, were on a treadmill. I was on a treadmill. And I thought, like, what can I do that can have the greatest impact on, on humanity, on human health? And I met a woman, and we decided, like, we would create a business called Organic Avenue, where you could go in and everything was going to be made out of fresh, ripe, raw, organic fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. But why juicing? So, I mean, if you wanted to get involved in health, what about juicing really jumped out at you as the dancer? I think the research that came out of the U.S. dietary guidelines said 92% of Americans aren't getting enough servings of fruits and vegetables. And vegetables are hard to eat. And juicing was an easy way to get someone to have a serving of fruits and vegetables. So it was you know, quick to drink. If it was made with the right recipe and formula, it was easy to drink. And it turns out that people like that. So that was the easiest way that I could think of that would get more people to have more servings of fruits and vegetables to somewhat close that produce gap of that recommendation of seven to 13 servings. And the average American is having less than one serving. And that could be potatoes or onions or tomatoes. So it's 2002 in New York City. And you and Denise Marnie, she starts Organic Avenue, right? And you get involved early on and help fund it. Fund it and incubated it. Okay. And so briefly tell us what happened to Organic Avenue. I mean, we grew 100% a year, year over year through 2012. And then we took on a partner that had a different vision for us. And they bought out most of our equity. And then the day they had controlling interest, they told us to go take a walk. Mm Mm-hmm. And so in January 2013, I had a big problem, which was, how was I going to get my juice? Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, I think important things happened during that time that you were involved in that business, which oh, yeah. is the culture somewhat around juicing changed or grew even more. Yeah. Oh, well, when we started Organic Avenue in 2002, we were the only cold-pressed organic bottled juice company in the United States. Mm-hmm. And by 2012, there were hundreds of companies, and it became commoditized. There right. was very little barrier to entry. Anyone could buy a juicer squeeze some juice, so put in a talk bottle. Talk about those juices, like what they were doing, the cold-pressed process. They were do like, and people bought juicers too. Everyone suddenly, there was a documentary about it. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Everyone bought a juicer. I have several, so I right. think. Yeah, we, when we were chatting earlier, I was I was saying to Doug, my experience, my limited experience with juicing has been this giant machine that I borrowed from a friend 
as far as I know, a lot of people start juicing and then it's a phase for them. So then they just give their machines to friends and say, go ahead, you can use this machine. So it's this multi-part expensive machine where I had to like jam the vegetables into the top and then the stuff was extruded and then I had to clean it afterwards and it was like all kinds of frustrating. But what you were doing at Organic Avenue and what you're doing now is cold press juicing. Correct. Which is different. Tell us how that's different. So the normal home juicer is a spinning metal basket and you'd put produce in the top in, in a hopper and then would meet this spinning basket. Yes, that, and you have to clean it. It takes forever. It, it takes forever, and yeah. it's a centrifuge operating between 2,500 and 10,000 RPM. So it's high speed, generates heat, and it makes a mess. Mm -hmm. And so the insight there was um, people love juicing, mm -hmm. but no one wants to actually go out, buy the produce, make the juice, clean the juicer. Right. And then secondly, the cold press process was this ancient process being used for thousands of years where you would basically like how they make wine, they mm -hmm. mash the grapes, then they put into a cloth, and then they apply tons Pressure. of force to make the wine. That's how you'd make cold-pressed juice. So we had that discovery. We bought our first cold-pressed juicer. It weighed like 100 pounds. It cost thousands of dollars. And then it only made like three gallons an hour. Right. So we're there all day long. <laughs> and so we went from one of those to five of those. And then we bought our first industrial juice press. It was the size of a telephone booth. And that made 15 gallons an hour. Which wasn't a lot either. It wasn't a lot either. Right. And then we bought five of those. And That's then, what, hence the charge of $11. Yeah, hence the charge and all the labor. And, mm -hmm. and, and then we bought a juice press that had six of these platins. Mm -hmm. And it made 50 gallons an hour. And I bought five of those. Mm -hmm. And then we graduated to this one, this uh, the, literally the size of this room, mm -hmm. that had 24 platens, and it made 500 gallons an hour. Mm -hmm. And now we were at scale. We mm -hmm. could do 10,000 bottles a day. It was a real business. But other people were just doing it without understanding the economics. We were the only ones that were USDA certified organic. Mm -hmm. So people were saying they're organic. They weren't organic. They were getting produce from wherever. And we had the insight of, Real fresh produce comes from a farm, mm -hmm. not from a distributor, not from necessarily a supermarket. And even, you know, buying in a farm stand, the produce could be left out. And once you break the cold chain, it can be compromised in quality. So when it came to cold pressing, we bought directly from a farm. The produce came to our refrigerated facility. We triple washed it like bag salad, then diced it, sliced it, chopped it, put it into the large press. And we'd make juice and fill so it. So then you switched. You switched to this. You wanted to make a device for people to use. Yeah. I was sitting in my apartment in Brooklyn with my health you got to be living in Williamsburg right now, right? Well, uh, <laughs> I was, I was in Fort, I was maybe? Fort, Fort no. Greene. Oh, okay. Fort, Fort Greene. The yeah. next Williamsburg. The next Williamsburg. Yeah. So I was with this health coach, Maria mm -hmm. Marlowe, and we're discussing, you know, juicing and like, she's like, Doug, you have so much anxiety. And I was like, well, I was so used to going to the Organic Avenue kitchen mm -hmm first thing in the morning with my glass and having them make pressed juice and it would go right into my glass and it didn't even matter what flavor they were making. I just wanted that freshness. Mm -hmm. And I knew that fresh juice was like coffee. It was evanescent, mm -hmm. that the flavors fl are fleeting after the pressing is happening. And so then I'm thinking, well, could I make it here? And that's when all my whole life... And you didn't just want to buy a bullet or something. No, all those, all those... <laughs> right. Buy a bullet. Right. Yeah. $99 a bullet. Well, yeah. well, but couldn't you also... So Organic Avenue did end up going bankrupt, but does still exist now because the founder bought it back, correct? One of yeah. So couldn't you just go to Organic Avenue just like you used to, even though you, you weren't involved with it anymore, and go buy a juice? I mean, what happened 
is I knew too much. Like at that point, I knew too much about quality. And even there, like I knew that the best juice was juice made in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I became obsessed. So I told Maria, she goes, well, what are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. Right? You have money, you have time. And I said, I'm going to do what Steve did. I'm going to take the mainframe computer and create a personal computer. I'm going to take a mainframe juice press and I'm going to create a personal juice press. And my original design was supposed to be easy to clean. Mm-hmm. And Steve being the Steve. The, the Steve, yeah. 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 Which, you know, I, I worked with Steve on the, the next corporate identity and Paul Rand. And I was used to being yelled at both Paul and Steve in the same day at the same time. It was just, it was great experience right. about product. Mm-hmm. And so my product definition was to design a juicer based on cold press technology that was going to be easy to clean and could exist on a 10 by 10 inch footprint on a countertop. Mm-hmm. And it seemed well, impossible. It's, big. it's a big device. The Juicero is a big device, but you need that for the, for the power of the pressing, correct? Yeah. Well, 10 inches is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same size of, of a Keurig. It's the same size of a yeah. Bre- mm-hmm. Breville juicer. Yeah. But for what's, it's got listener, a profile. It's we, got a profile. Uh, we're actually looking yeah. at it right now and you guys can't see it, but mm-hmm. it is here She's in our office. It, Doug is way. stroking it lovingly. <laughs> And it looks kind of like it would be like an old I, you know, old iMac, the looks iMac like of iMac. juicers. It also sort yeah. of looks like E.T.'s head when E.T.'s he's wearing head. that sheet um, yeah. when he's about to write. But it's got this uh, aluminum front maker. to front door to it. And yeah. So you wanted to make this this device, well. and, and the, the issue is the mechanic, the, the technology around the pressing. It's got to be a lot of force inside the Juicero machine. Mm-hmm. There's Let's four, talk technology because it's a technology show. Yeah, there's 400 custom parts in here. Mm-hmm. There's two motors. Mm-hmm. There's 10 printed circuit boards. There's a scanner. There's a microprocessor. There's a wireless chip, wireless antenna. Mm-hmm. There's 775 aircraft grade aluminum. There's a gearbox. There's latches that support 16,000 pounds of force. So this is a, a basically a monster of a machine mm-hmm. kind of inside this veil of this nice mm-hmm. aesthetic. And then you have to put these packs in, these yeah. packs. And these are packs of produce, not juice. Because, uh, you know, I, uh, someone, my friend wrote, and it's like, oh, juice packs. It's not a, you it's, don't just squeeze juice into a glass. It's, no, no, it's a fresh cut produce. Right, which you cut in your kitchens. Yeah, we have a four and a half acre campus mm-hmm. in Southern California with 111,000 square foot. And you source from organic farms? From farms directly. So mm-hmm. we don't store, I mean, that's another, big insight is we don't store produce in there. We basically get the orders through the internet. Mm-hmm. We break them into the individual recipes. They get concatenated. And then we say, oh, we need 500 pounds of spinach. Mm-hmm. Which farmer has the spinach? We source from them. And then they harvest, chop, and then send to us in refrigerated trucks. And then when it comes into our plant, we triple wash it. So every ingredient, we use about 20 ingredients, mm-hmm. gets washed in a different manner. So you wash the carrots different than the spinach, even Mm -hmm. different than the romaine, different from the celery. So everything gets washed. And then we have a specific size reduction technique that we use. So, for example, pineapple gets chopped to half-inch chunks. Mm -hmm. But spinach goes into one-sixteenth of an inch chunks. So basically we're opening up the cell walls so that we're allowing under force the water molecules to come out. does that then mean that the food gets old? Like, do so you vacuum seal them? Well, basically, we, as I showed you the little hole mm-hmm. in, in the bag, mm-hmm. this produce is alive, so it's respiring, so it's releasing CO2 and it's consuming oxygen. So it has a six-day shelf life in the home. So mm-hmm. basically, we are prepping it with this washing, then dicing, slicing, chopping, mixing it, 
So it's a perfectly balanced item that lasts for six days in the home. You can't freeze it or anything else. No, if, if you freeze it, you end up compromising the cellular structure and you, you're not able to make juice you out make of juice it. Out. Mm-hmm. So you get these things in the internet, you, you make them immediately. Yes. You make them immediately. You have them. So people order every week. They get weekly shipments. Weekly, sometimes once or twice a week. Once or twice a week, they get these packs and then they use them. And then inside the packs, there's produce left that they can use for a variety of things. Yeah, there's there's fiber. So there's a hundred, you know, hundreds of recipes of what people are doing with their making pizza crust, they're making crackers, they're making muffins and flours, they're adding it and mixing it in with their oatmeal, because it's just real, you know, healthy fiber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we try, which you're, you know, I like it. It's your good. short, your 30 second review. I, of it. I have to say, I'm surprised. I thought it was just juice in a bag and you just squeezed it into your glass. That's for some reason. I just thought that. I yeah, you, you wouldn't need a $699 device to do oh, that. Oh, People will right. Buy anything. So it's the pressure that you're paying for. Yeah, exactly. But, but also, yeah. it's Wi-Fi connected. So yeah. tell us why. Well, I mean, the main reason for the Wi-Fi, and I'm not like a tech guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about IoT. I never heard IoT right. when I designed this. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is if you're putting a pack in, we want to make sure that I know where my produce is coming from. So I want the transparency to know which farms the produce is coming from. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know when it was packed, and I also wanted to make sure that I knew when it was expiring. So once the pack goes in there, it won't press an expired pack. Okay. So that's key. And then secondly, if you think about the nutrition, like, you know, I know a lot about nutrition, but I don't know the difference on a subtle level. Mm-hmm. So here, every time I press a pack, I actually can see what ingredients I consumed and what the nutrition profile was for each and every pack that was pressed. And then each of those packs costs what? How much? Five, six, and seven dollars each. What's cost seven? What's the... Basically, it's priced like fresh produce. So mm-hmm. if you go to the market, certain ingredients cost more than others. Right. So carrots and beets are less expensive so, than so kale and romaine. You're competing with, say, these all these juice companies that are out there that are selling them in the streets $11, $10, whatever they are. Yeah. They're all over Brooklyn, I can tell you that. The, I mean, I think they're all over. But one of the things which we didn't talk about, which I'm happy to say, is this machine is what they call NSF approved. So mm-hmm. it can actually work in a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. So... Whole Foods created the first self-service juice bar in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. using Juicero. So they have a row of Juicero machines. The customer, where 50% of the population is below the poverty line in mm-hmm. Silver Lake, they can buy the pack and go press their own juice. They don't even need to buy and the machine. They, and then they just leave the pack there. They, they, they leave the pack there, and then Whole Foods cuts it open and composts it. Right. And then Le Pan Cote d'Ien mm-hmm. bought 28 machines, mm-hmm. and they rolled it out in eight of their restaurants. So they're putting Juicero cold-pressed juice on the menu. So it's actually restaurant-grade juice being made available through mm-hmm. this same prosumer device. Do you consider yourself a tech company or a food company? You know, I think we're, we're a company wanting to have impact on human health and the planet and the environment. I don't think in terms of, of tech or food. And do you don't compare yourself to things like Soylent and other food I, tech companies? I mean, one of the things of like our vision, and as you know, Campbell's Soup invested. Mm-hmm. And so the CEO of Campbell's invited me to present to their 15 board members and the top 10 executives of the company. Mm-hmm. And they asked, what's your vision of the company for Juicero? And I said, the vision is to be a fresh food company. Okay. And they go, well, but you're making juice. I said, juice is food. Mm-hmm. Like we're just taking simple ingredients, no additives, no preservatives, of fresh, ripe, raw, organic fruits and vegetables, and we're allowing them to be consumed. So it's this intersection of fresh organic agriculture and desktop technology to make it easy 
so that you can make a juice in two minutes. And there's a lot of money going towards this, correct? I mean, there's Soylent, there's um, the plant burger. Impossible burger. Impossible burger, which we showed Beyond up the meat. code. Beyond me. How much money did you raise? We raised north of $120 million. Whoa. And from? Kleiner Perkins, Google Ventures, Campbell Soup, Thrive Capital. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of Artist money. Ventures. Yeah, it's a lot of money. How many have you sold of these? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on what? <laughs> We're not releasing sales numbers. Like but 10? No, I mean, we, we could sell. Who are you selling them We to? could probably sell 10 during this podcast. All right. You probably know at least so 10 people that bought it. I probably Kara. do, but I have 10 people who are really stupid too. But I mean, it's a lot of money. Like, it's not stupid to buy this, but it's expensive. You've got a really small, it's a very expensive item, correct? From I mean, if you, if you think about it, if someone is buying. If you drink juice every day and you're spending $10 a day. It's and, a bargain. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a fresher product. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, that's true. So it's a freshness may be indisputable, but just in terms of the health benefits, there have been a lot of studies that have come out around how healthy is juicing actually for you. In fact, if you go to the Mayo Clinic, I mean, the very top of the page, it says juicing is not any healthier than eating whole fruits and vegetables. I'm not saying you're claiming it's any healthier, but how healthy are you saying this is? I think that people get confused and it's very easy to nitpick. The problem that we're solving is not whether juicing is healthier than eating whole fruits and vegetables. It's the fact that people aren't eating whole fruits and vegetables. So juicing is a means to get someone to have more incremental servings of fruits and vegetables. And also, a lot of the juices are crap. They just are. They're full of sugar. They're full of crap. They're just aren't. Yeah, additives. So if they have a strawberry kale thing, and it's mostly sugar, it's problematic. That's, I think, the issue. Yeah. Well, and, and most things, I mean, the war on sugar is the war on added sugar, refined sugar from cane and beet and high fructose corn syrup. So the guidelines are having more fruits and vegetables. If this is 100% fruits and vegetable juice, then it's considered healthy. But in terms of the soluble fiber that a consumer is actually getting from Juicero juice. Yeah, the, that's, the soluble fiber is good for your microbiome. It's real. There's fiber in it. We're removing some of the insoluble fiber in the juicing process because otherwise you wouldn't have a drink right. like coffee, soda, milk, energy drinks. You can drinks. add it in. You could. That's actually quite. T- you can eat the. You can stuff. eat the pulp. Pulp, right? If you want to do that and mix yeah. it in. We it's very. It's did. very personal. All right, we're going to get some questions from readers next. We're here talking about Juicera and juice. While others have been talking about 5G, Qualcomm has been creating it. Just as they pioneered many 3G and 4G technologies, they're now developing the technologies that will connect everything and leading the world to 5G. For years, they've been pushing the boundaries of LTE, collaborating with industry leaders and spearheading the research efforts needed to make 5G a reality. Their innovations are critical to developing a wireless network designed to meet our world's ever-increasing data demands. 5G will provide a layer of connectivity fabric that is fundamental to everyday life. It will impact our jobs, our cities, our homes, and ourselves. So I've got a question for all of you. When you imagine a truly connected world, what comes to mind? Tell us your idea on Twitter. Use the hashtag WhyWaitAndSweeps, and we'll pick one lucky winner to have lunch with me and Lauren Good from Too Embarrassed to Ask. Tweet your idea, add hashtag why wait and hashtag sweeps, and you might get to break bread with Lauren and me. Smart bread. Smart bread. From a Wi-Fi connected bread maker. It's an IoT thing, We're going to have juice. We're going to juice everybody. We're going to have like Soylent. That's what we're doing. Kara calls the shots, Yes, exactly. We're going to do it either in person or virtually via some device that Lauren is reviewing and that probably Qualcomm invented, I guess. Uh, for the contest rules, please visit recode.net slash whywait. You must be 18 to enter. 
The deadline is September 9th, and the monetary value of this lunch is 0.18 Bitcoin. Big spender, Kara. I know, I am. I am. You're paying, Bo. Today's show is also brought to you by Videoblocks, a stock media company that everyone can afford. With Videoblocks subscription, you get unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects, templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. This is the same content you'll find on more expensive sites. It's just way cheaper. Videoblocks is always adding new content to the library so it stays fresh. As a subscriber, you get everything 100% royalty-free, even if you cancel your subscription. You heard that right. You pay zero royalties and keep what you download forever. Videoblocks is offering our listeners a one-year subscription for $99. This is $50 off the usual price tag for our listeners only. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash ask. That's Videoblocks, which is B-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash ask for this exclusive offer. We are here talking about Juicero, which is a juicing company that's gotten 120, how much money do you I mean, somewhere over $120 Somewhere over $120 million for this new machine that's a pretty nifty machine that makes uh, fresh juice for you, cold-pressed juice. Every week, we ask our readers and listeners to send in their questions, comments, or complaints about tech topics, and you can do that by tweeting us with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed. This week, we asked our listeners their questions about juicing and juicing technology, and we actually have Peter Kafka in the studio at the same time because he's a famous juicer. Thanks for letting me watch your, your <laughs> juicing juicer. conversation. You yes, enjoyed the juice, exciting. let's just say. Juice tastes great. Yeah. Thanks for crashing the juicing party, Peter. Thanks, dudes. I don't want to spoil this. Maybe someone's already asked this, but Doug, is this thing internet connected? Yes, it is. Yes. Why is it internet connected? He answered that, but go ahead, answer it again. I think the main reason is, for one, for transparency, because for me as a consumer, I want to know where my produce is coming from. I want to know when it's packed, and I want to know when it's expired. So inside of the Juicero Press, there's a scanner, and on every pack of produce, there's a QR code. So when you press, the first thing it's doing, it's making sure that the produce is not expired. And then once it checks it's not expired, it is then kind of giving you green light to press it. And then you get all the information about what's inside of that produce pack. So do you think all my kitchen appliances are going to be internet connected? I've only obsessed about the juice. You only care about juice. So you don't care if I have an internet connected toaster or oven I think or coffee maker. Like when, and I mentioned this before, when I designed Juicero, I never heard of IoT. I didn't know how we were going to connect it to the internet. I was just thinking like it's really important to know what produce you're consuming and making sure that you, if you're pulling a produce pack out of the refrigerator, one is going to look like the next. And because there's a six-day shelf life, I wanted to add the safety mechanism so someone wouldn't right. be So producing. this is something I could scan on my phone, but you're saying it's easier. I'm just going to shove it into the machine, and the machine will do that scanning. Automatically, phone. every time, 100%. Okay, cool. I'll step out of the way so the listeners can ask their questions. Good questions, Peter. Thanks. Thanks, uh, We got a couple questions about chi. The first question comes from Sam Biddle, at Sam F. Biddle on Twitter, who wanted me to ask about this. Because you were quoted as saying in a previous article, not all juice is equal. How do you measure life force? How do you measure chi? Uh, we had a follow-up question from uh, at Neetan Gupta 2, who asks, yes, how much chi does it contain per serving? <laughs> I literally don't know what they're talking about. So if you could help explain chi, that would be yes, great. thank you. So chi to me, and it's kind of funny, and, you know, in that, you know, people will tend to 
you know, make jokes about things. Right. For me, I'm serious as a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So when I describe chi and life force, and in preparation, I really wanted to be clear. Mm-hmm. If you were to take a steamed almond and a raw almond, they look the same. Mm-hmm. But if you plant them, what's going to happen to the steamed almond? It's going to grow an almond tree. No, the steamed one know. is going to decay. Okay. It's going to rot. But the raw I'm almond... Not a farmer. But, but you get now yeah. that if you steam it, you actually remove the life force. Mm-hmm. It's now dead. Mm-hmm. So it will just decay. But that raw almond will have that chi in it, and that chi will allow it to sprout into a seedling and grow into an almond tree and replicate itself a million times over. So chi is life? It's a life, life force. Yeah. Life force. Chi is life force. But I think Sam asked the other question, why would anyone buy this? Because they could buy juice. What I, makes it more special I think besides the chi part? It's fresh. I mean, to me, chi was an esoteric way of describing that this is fresh. So Mm -hmm. most things that are in bottles and cans are frozen or pasteurized or processed. And Juicero, the shift in Juicero is like, we're not selling juice. We are selling fresh produce. And then the Juicero press presses out juice from the produce. All right. Next question, Laura. Next question is from David V. He's at the0dd1 on Twitter. He asks, can I replace any of my meals using Juicero? Hashtag too embarrassed. I think I'm going to preface any answer we give here, which I don't think any of us in the room are medical professionals, right? Right. So yes. Do people Let's do that? Let's keep that people, in mind. Is that what you're aiming at? But yes. So we do not recommend replacing this Juicero with a meal. We recommend Juicero as a really healthy, nutrient-dense beverage. And that's it. Just so, bet. David, there's your answer. There's your Don't answer. do it. Don't do it. Uh, this is Janice, and I'm not going to read their at. Is this a serious project that you think is a crucial step in our future, or is it just a whim? It's interesting. People have a reaction to Juicero. Yeah. Juicero. How's that? I, I mean, I worked on this for 33 months right. in stealth, mm-hmm. you know, with 100 people working on this. Right. And I look at this as one of the most significant things to impact human health on mm-hmm. a global basis. So people are coming to us from all countries around the world saying, we need more servings of fruits and vegetables. We like juice. I don't want to clean my juicer. Mm-hmm. How can we expand here? So from parents, and you, you've got two, mm-hmm. two young boys, mm-hmm. people want to consume more fruits and vegetables. And this is, I think, the secret weapon to make more incremental servings available. What happens when, if something happens, you're coming to, if they don't get packets? What I mean, then it's just like a thing that stands there. It's got to continually get packets, correct? Because that, that's one of the things you're sort of... It's actually... Belie- I'm not saying you're going to business with $120 million, but it's, it depends on the packets. It depends on the packets, but it's interesting. Like Keurig and I guess the coffee. Well, people thought that the hard part was creating the device itself, the mm-hmm. hardware and the software and the cloud and the infrastructure and the, mm-hmm. the, the database and the ERP systems. The hard part was designing the packaging and the the recipes and the formulations. We have nine food scientists at Juicero being able to see how do you take that fresh produce and make it so that you have a recipe that works, that tastes good, that's nutrition, that has the right nutrition profile, and that has the shelf life for that six days. Because if you were to just take produce and put it in a bag and seal it, it would go anaerobic and become mealy in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So dealing with that fresh supply chain from the farm. So they're dependent on your companies. You know, it's sort of like the razor blade and the you sold them a razor and then Correct. The razor blade, the same thing with the packets of Keurig or anything else. 
Now it depends on your company not going out of business. Yeah, I mean, I think our our company is just thriving with month over month growth and incredible reception from offices. And you know, we did a podcast with Rich Roll, a uh, ultra marathoner, mm-hmm. and Michael Rapino from Live Nation mm-hmm. heard the podcast, ordered a machine, and he's the CEO of Live yes, Nation. Yes, I know. And he said, if you're in L.A., come by my office. I went by his office. He bought 50 Juicero machines, and they're putting them all through their office. Good to know. And like on so, his, uh, he personally paid for those? No, no, Live Nation. So Recode Media, okay. I guess. He's, he's made a lot of money. He can afford 50 machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, but the point is that they're putting them in their offices as an alternative and a replacement for soda, mm-hmm. for carbonated sugary beverages. Feeling. Peter, Peter, put that on the list for our new office. We need one of our demands. One of our demands from <laughs> the Vox Media. Media people. Get on it, Bankoff. Yeah, Bankoff yeah. on it. Uh, now, do you guys want? I have. Do you want to do Sarah here? We can like <laughs> oh, leave this nice. year. <laughs> no, Due to okay. our strict ethics policies, <laughs> we, we cannot accept gifts from the companies oh, uh, we cover. I wasn't saying I was giving it to you. It. I'm no, selling no, it to no, you. Okay. Also, we're not sure. in the concert <laughs> business. We don't really have any money. But we'll get one from Michael Rapino, perhaps, as a gift, a Christmas gift. Lauren, read the next question. The next question This goes right into it. This was a follow up question from Janice, who asked the previous question, and it's a good one. What is the average income of your typical customer? Because once again, this is it's expensive. Well, in our um, sign-up process, we actually don't get that information. But what I could tell you is the zip codes would say that household income is seventy-five thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the zip codes where people are buying um, Juicero. Geographically, are you noticing any patterns? Is it a lot of Silicon Valley, this area, or are people buying it all over? Do you sell abroad? Right now, we're only selling in California. Oh, but okay. We're, we're expanding into other surrounding West Coast states, so Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, and Washington State, and we'll be in New York in the fall. All right, next question. Peter has a question. Should we ask Nico Roxalot's yes, question? Lock, it's really please. the same kind of question. No, yeah. let's, let's I don't think that I don't think Nico Roxalot's a real person a either. Uh, Josh probably is a real name. Wants to know about a recent article, probably articles exposing marketing behind superfoods as hot air. Then he says thoughts? Question mark. I mean, I don't really understand what the definition is of a superfood. We're using kale and spinach and celery and romaine. So we're using traditional, probably the closest thing to a superfood that we would have is we're using turmeric or ginger. So these are foods that might have a higher nutritional density and some claim that other people might make for anti-inflammatory parts. But basically, we're sticking to very simple household known um, fruits and vegetables. Did these guys ask about the argument that when you juice the stuff, you take yes, out the yes, nutritional value? Yes, yes. We're going to give you some pulp later. We're gonna have yeah, we okay. ate so it. There's pulp left. We ate pulp. it. It was like delicious. It was delicious. I should just listen to the podcast instead of participating in it. Try another crash. one, Peter. Go. Yeah. Right, do we have any more questions? No, no. no. so you do one. Yeah. You do. Okay, we've already asked about average income. Yes. Do you have any plans to sort of make a, a lower entry-level version of this? Is there a Juicero Jr. at some point? Juicero Jr. I mean, we have a full engineering team and we're working on a lot of different things and we're getting feedback, but we have we have no announcements for future products. That's a very, very Apple-like <laughs> answer. Good job. You just raised your market cap considerably. Yeah. So look, I would love, you know, my vision is to make this ubiquitous right now. It is what it is to make this. And as we sell more- And get the quality, out, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a unique quality. I mean, you press the button, Carl. Mm-hmm. How'd that feel? It was a button. It's a nice button. Cara, 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 Cara. Juicero. Were you surprised at all by some of the attention, negative or otherwise, that Juicero got upon launching a few months ago? 
I it was mean, a lot of money too. That's the thing. I, I think that if hindsight being twenty twenty, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I got the mission and across that we wanted to design a mechanism for people to have more servings of fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. People focused on that we raised $120 million and that the machine cost $700. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really understand that if you want to be healthy, you need to have more servings of fruits and vegetables. And in this, you know, where everyone is busy and working two jobs and um, other things, they're just not getting it. So this was the apogee of convenience and quality and nutrition kind of all bundled into one. And a so, tech, and a beautiful tech package. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I was... You know, I didn't take anything personally. I was just like, wow. I mean, I found it interesting that it became newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Like there were something like 150 unique stories written. Well, you had Campbell's mm-hmm. Soup. You had $120 million. You had a cool looking machine. You got juice. Yeah, Come but, on. But I'm you just a- need Donald Trump and it's like And then the Wi-Fi. Here. People say, why Why is it Wi-Fi? Why does everything have to be Wi-Fi connected? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, that's, but that's I mean, why it got some of the attention. I'm just kind of heads down and working on like... You know, how do we make this thing work? How do we scale it? How do we make sure that we can supply these packs and, mm-hmm. and deliver a great experience? So I mean, where are they selling now? Just online? Just online. Just yeah. online. Do you expect to put them in stores? This is It's so interesting. designer, Eve Bahar, he's, he did, uh, the, the successful one is the water. What's it called? I'm blanking. Oh, SodaStream. SodaStream. I have one of those. Me too. It's and fantastic. I love it. Fantastic. I love it. It's a great thing. It saves me a lot of money. Um, I make fizzy water all the time and I like it, you know, and it has all kinds of things off suiting it uh, if you want to sweeten it or not or whatever. So do you, is that what you're looking for? And Eve is the same designer. Yeah. Eve, Eve did the industrial yeah, design. So is that what you're going for is the idea? Cause that's been a really successful product. I mean, I think what we were going for, I mean, really simple. I had the insight that people had a home juicer, use it once or twice a month. Yeah. Right. The people, is people had a soda stream or an espresso or a Keurig use it once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what would the world be like if people could actually have fresh juice at home once or twice a day? Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, we're seeing the adoption rate. We were estimating people would drink five juices a week, a week? Mm-hmm. and they're drinking close to eight, mm-hmm. which is just great. So seeing that level of attachment rate and adoption and people love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy. And I think... You know, I'm a modest guy. I wasn't expecting to do this, um, you know, on that level. But now, like, we have a responsibility to bring this out to the world. All right. On that note, thank you so much. Thank you, Doug, for thank taking you, the time Doug. to chat with us today. And Doug us on of Juicero. Doug Evans. And you're at Being Doug Evans by on Cara. Twitter, right? No, Kara. Kara of Recode. Doug, thanks so much for joining us. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And that's at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. You can also subscribe to us on Google Play Music, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And of course, you can just go to the website. Go to recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcast recode decode recode replay and recode media with peter kafka that's a really good one that's check a good one, one? Yeah. Sure. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a really good interviewer who does the uh, five stars five stars if you're not going to listen to recode media with peter kafka the verge also has some great podcasts you can listen to walt mossberg and neilai patel duke it out on control walt delete neilai also usually hosts the verge cast chris plant hosts what's tech and liz lapato and emily yoshida host verge esp there's also a new one that the verge has right mm-hmm. now it's about 
about describing photos through audio. It's kind of cool. All it's right. Paul Miller. Check that one out. All right, if you say so. And I swear, it's binaural <laughs> audio. It's really cool. I don't know what to say about that Kara's one. so weirded out by me right now. I am. Um, don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with hashtag too embarrassed. Thanks for listening, and thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes the show. And thanks, too, to Doug for bringing Juicero and the juices. They were delicious. You Thank also, you, Doug. You also brought your competitor, Evolution, and it wasn't as good. That was a smart, well-played, Doug. I, I think if I would have brought a juicer or anything else, there's nothing like juicer. All right. Okay, God, I'm so glad you didn't because you'd be cleaning it. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in then. <laughs>